0: welcome back to read this next with laura and nicole from the thunder bay public library this week we are doing a fun topic that we kind of hint at and (laughs) say we should film for forever we're doing books set in libraries or about libraries yay it is it is explicitly exactly our wheelhouse yeah yeah
1: we're in it now this is it
0: yeah this is our forte (laughs) yeah there's
1: tons of them out there um lots and lots to choose from so I think all the ones we have are pretty recent titles Mm -hmm, pretty much and yeah and a nice little a nice little mixture of different genres for you that
0: all happen to be about libraries. Mm -hmm. Okay let me see I think I'm starting so I will get us rolling. The first one is The Invisible Library by Genevieve Cogman. Uh, One thing any librarian will tell you the truth is much stranger than fiction. Irene is a professional spy for the mysterious library. I feel like i can't hear you oh no we're good you're still there sorry okay my it's like like i'm not making any weird i'm not saying anything because i'm listening <laughs> that's a weird thought <laughs> for me to have okay <laughs> irene is a professional spy for the mysterious library with a capital l a shadowy organization that collects important works of fiction from all the different realities most recently she and her Assistant, Kai, have been sent to an alternative London. Their mission? Retrieve a particularly dangerous book. The problem? By the time they arrive, it's already been stolen. dun dun, dun. London's underground factions are prepared to fight to the death to find the tome before Irene and Kai do, a problem compounded by the fact that this world is chaos-infested, the laws of nature bent to allow supernatural creatures and unpredictable magic to run rampant. To make matters worse, Kai is hiding something. Secrets that could just, that could be just as volatile as the chaos-filled world itself. Now Irene is caught in a puzzling web of deadly danger, conflicting clues, and sinister secret societies. (laughs) Those are some good alliterations. I was going to say that is some serious I love it someone in the publishing house was like i've got it <laughs> oh yeah they're like nailed, what it. We're doing. nailed it yeah, yeah. and <laughs> failure is not an option because it isn't just irene's reputation at stake it's the nature of reality itself of course it is yeah of course and i think that was a series is it not yes, It's yeah. says book one i think so yeah so good fantasy set in about libraries collecting Supernatural. Oh, chaos.
1: Yeah. I have yeah. to read it. I'm You'll have having. to report back. Yes, I will. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. Next one is called The Starless Sea. And this is just a single book. It's by Aaron Morgenstern, which you might remember from like a really, really crazy best selling book that was it was several years ago now, maybe like a decade ago. Oh boy. <laughs> several years um the night circus anyway that book of hers was really popular and so this one is about a library (laughs) Zachary (laughs) Ezra Rollins is a graduate student in Vermont when he discovers a mysterious book hidden in the stacks as he turns the pages entranced by tales of lovelorn prisoners key collectors and nameless acolytes he reads something strange a story from his own childhood it's delightfully creepy yeah. Bewildered by this inexplicable book and desperate to make sense of how his own life came to be recorded, Zachary uncovers a series of clues, a bee, a key, and a sword, that lead him to a masquerade party in New York, to a secret club, and through a doorway to an ancient library hidden far below the surface of the earth.
0: Yeah! <gasps>
1: What Zachary finds in this curious place is more than just a buried home for books and their guardians. It is a place of lost cities and seas, lovers who pass notes under doors and across time, and of stories whispered by the dead. Zachary learns of those who have sacrificed much to protect this realm, relinquishing their sight and their tongues to preserve this archive, and also of those who are intent on its destruction. Together with Mirabelle, Mirabelle, a fierce pink-haired protector of the place, and Dorian, a handsome barefoot man with (laughs) shifting alliances... Zachary travels the twisting tunnels, darkened stairwells, crowded ballrooms, and sweetly soaked shores of this magical world, discovering his purpose in both the mysterious book and his own life.
0: That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. I, it sounds like there's so many opportunities for it to go different ways in this one. It sounds
1: really good. I do think it's very strange that of these two characters, there were like, okay, one descriptive, <laughs> and then one physical descriptor. Fierce and pink-haired, and the other one, Handsome, also barefoot. <laughs> he's handsome and no shoes. <laughs> there's I feel like there's probably a lot of other things they could have included, but
0: that's what they went with. Okay. I guess that's his defining factor is he's like, I just don't like shoes. <laughs> I just don't like shoes. That'll probably um, be a plot line. <laughs>
1: it's gotta be. There's gotta be some meaning to it somewhere. Mm-hmm. But he's so handsome you don't even mind that he doesn't wear shoes, <laughs> I guess. <laughs>
0: I don't maybe know. you wear socks you have to
1: be really handsome
0: yeah yeah just be like
1: <laughs> or you'd have like grubby feet walking around the ballrooms and towns i mean anyway eh, dirty feet aside we're stuck on the feet <laughs> it sounds good it sounds
0: good yeah it does okay <laughs> our next one is the oh wait no I think I was supposed to skip down. I'll go down to it. Okay, the next one is The Magic Fish by Trung Li Nguyen. Um, It is a graphic. Yes, it's a graphic novel. The cover is gorgeous. That's what I was just looking at. It's got, for those of you who are listening, it's got like a beautiful mermaid um, uh, on the back. And in the front is a young boy with glasses like reading. Uh, I really like it okay tien loves his fr- his family and friends but tien has a secret that he's been keeping from them it might just change anything everything not anything real life isn't a fairy tale but tien still enjoys reading his favorite stories with his parents from the books he borrows from the local library it's hard enough trying to communicate with your parents as a kid but for tien he doesn't even have the right words because his parents are struggling with their english is there a vietnamese word for what he's going through is there a way to tell him that he's gay? A beautifully illustrated story by Trung Li Nguyen that follows a young boy as he tries to navigate life through fairy tales. An instant classic that shows us how we are all connected. The Magic Fish. Ta- ta- oh, I'm struggling here. I had that other one with the alliteration was good, and this one that hit me hits me with tackles tough, and I'm struggling. I. Aye, aye, aye. The magic fish tackles tough subjects in a way that ex- in a way that's accessible with readers of all ages and teaches us that no matter what, we can all have our own happy endings. That one sounds Charming. very sweet. Yeah. Very sweet. Charming. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think that's, um, I think it's a YA graphic, but it sure sounds like an all ages mm-hmm. type of read. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then my next one is the Paris Library. Mm. So we had two fantasy, and then we had one, like, realistic graphic novel, and now we have a historical. It's um, by Janet, Skilsey, and Charles, based on the true World War II story of the heroic librarians at the American Library in Paris. Ooh. Paris, 1939, young and ambitious, Odile Suchet has it all, her handsome police officer, Beau, and a dream job at the American Library in Paris. When the Nazis march into Paris, Odile stands to lose everything she holds dear, including her beloved library. Together with her fellow librarians, Odile joins the resistance with the best weapons she has, books. (laughs) But when the war finally ends, (laughs) instead of freedom, Odile tastes the bitter sting of unspeakable betrayal. Montana, 1983. Lily is a lonely teenager looking for an adventure in small town, Montana, Her interest is piqued by her solitary elderly neighbor. As Lily uncovers more about her neighbor's mysterious past, she discovers that they share a love of language, the same longings and the same intense jealousy, never suspecting that a dark secret from the past connects them. The same intense jealousy. I wasn't Mm -hmm. expecting that. A powerful novel that explores the consequences of our choices and the relationships that make us who we are, family, friends, and favorite authors, the Paris Library shows us that extraordinary
0: heroism can sometimes be found in the quietest of places. That sounds very sweet. I will say that is a dream most librarians have, library texts included, is to save your beloved library. The library of Alexandria gets us all riled up just a little bit. It's true. It's true. It's true.
1: I think I said that character's name right, but I might have been wrong.
0: Would we run said into Odiel? that a lot. Yeah, you said
1: Odile. Uh, is that what you would have said? Here, let me look at it. I think it's Odile, but I might have just made that up. Uh, that looks right. Odile? It's also French, right? So I could be wrong. Anyway, check it out. It sounds um, It sounds good. I kind of like those historical, like, oh, what is happening in the past is affecting Mm -hmm. the present it does have a thing saying like it's a read like if you liked lilac girls which i
0: know many people did including me Mm -hmm. there's (laughs) a lot of people in the completely booked um book bag program that i run for teenagers who like historical fiction and this is right up their alley yeah yep okay our next one is the reading list by sarah nisha adams widower muck Mukesh lives a quiet life in the london borough of Ealing. after losing his beloved wife he shops every wednesday goes to temple and worries about his granddaughter priya who hides in her room reading while he spends evenings watching na- nature documentaries sounds fine yeah sounds great alicia is a bright but anxious teenager working at the local library for the summer when she discovers a crumpled up piece of paper in the back of to kill a mockingbird it's a list of novels that she's never heard of before. Intrigued and a little bored with her slow job at the, te- the checkout desk, she impulsively decides to read every book on the list one after the other. As each story gives up its magic, the books transport Alicia from the painful realities she's facing at home. When Mukesh arrives at the library, desperate to forge a connection with his bookworm granddaughter, Alicia passes along the reading list, hoping that it will be a lifeline for him, too. Slowly, the shared books create a connection between two lonely souls as fiction helps them escape their grief and everyday troubles and find joy again. That sounds very sweet.
1: It It sounds sounds...
0: like a very like a heartwarming cry. Sounds (laughs) so nice. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I do feel a little bit
1: like if, if someone came to me at the library and was like, I would like to forge a connection with my bookworm granddaughter, I'd say ask her what to read. Yeah what's she reading but still this sounds really nice it just sounds really yeah, nice very sweet mm-hmm. okay our next one is another contemporary it's called the last chance library by freya Sampson, june jones Fun classic alliterative game. June Jones emerges from her shell to fight for her beloved local library, and through the efforts and support of an eclectic group of library patrons, she discovers life-changing friendships along the way. Lonely librarian June Jones has never left the sleepy, sleepy English, <laughs> I don't know what kind of village I was going to say it was, but the sleepy English village where she grew up shy and reclusive. The 30-year-old would rather spend her time buried in books than venture out into the world. But when her library is threatened with closure, June is forced to emerge from behind the shelves to save the heart of her community and the place that holds the dearest memories of her mother. Joining a group of eccentric yet dedicated locals in a campaign to keep the library, June opens herself up to the other people for the first time since her mother died. It just so happens that her old school friend Alex Chen is back in town and willing to lend a helping hand. The kind-hearted lawyer's feelings for her are obvious to everyone but June, who won't (laughs) believe that anyone could ever care for her in that way. To save the place and the books that mean so much to her, June must finally make some changes to her life. For once, she's determined not to go down without a fight. And maybe in fighting for her cherished library, June can save herself, too.
0: Aww, that one's another sweet one. Yes. A little bit of Romy. sweet. I will say... Oh, sorry. You looked like you had something to say. No, no. Carry on. I was going to say, I feel like it's interesting to see how libraries are incorporated into books because it may and maybe this is reading too much into it. But it feels like that's the different ways that libraries like impact people is you're seeing while this person thinks of them as this magical place. This person sees them as a safe haven. Like I just really I like it. I like it. This is quite nice. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: um, I actually don't have a thematic rec this week, so I'm just going to do another <laughs> highlight for us. Yes, and then Nicole will do her rec. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this one is called The Dark Library Ooh. by Cyril Martinez, translated by Joseph Patrick Stansel. <laughs> In C- Cyril, Cyril, Cyril uh-huh. Martinez's library, the books are alive not just their ideas or their stories but the books themselves meet the angry young book who has strong opinions about who reads what and why he's tired of people reading bestsellers so he places himself on the desks of those who might appreciate him meet the old historian who mysteriously vanished from the stacks meet the blue librarian the mauve librarian the yellow librarian and spend a day with the red librarian trying to banish coffee cups and laptops Then one day there are no empty desks anywhere in the great library. A great horde of student workers has descended and they will scan every single book in the library. The much borrowed, the neglected, the popular, the obscure. What will happen to the library then? Will it still be necessary? The dark library is a theoretical fiction, a meditation on what libraries mean in our digital world. Has the act of reading changed? What is a reader? A book? martinez a librarian himself has written a love letter to the urban forest of the dark wild library where ideas and stories roam free
0: Ooh, that one sounds like if you're a librarian you're really gonna appreciate it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah i like it (laughs) okay i'll go into my rec so my Mm -hmm. rec is kind of um it's a nonfiction, actually so it's called Dear Fahrenheit 451 Love and Heartbreak in the Stacks by Annie Spence um <laughs> I'll read you the description because it's going to do a better job than I will um okay A Gen X librarian's snarky laugh out loud funny deeply moving collection of love letters and breakup notes to the books in her life. Librarians spend their lives weeding not weeds but books books that have reached the end of their shelf life both literally and figuratively they remove the books that patrons no longer check out and they put books back that they treasure that our patrons treasure, and us. Annie Spence, who has a decade of experience as a Midwestern librarian, does this not only at her Michigan library, but also her home, for her neighbors, at cocktail parties, everywhere. In this book, she addresses those books directly. We read her love letters to the goldfinch and Matilda, as well as her snarky breakups with with Fifty Shades of Grey and Dear John, um, and she comments on everything. So in my description, for those of you that don't know, weeding is an unfortunate but necessary part of our job um, Mm -hmm. where we look at our collection and we say what is or isn't serving our public anymore. Mm -hmm. And we make room for new and amazing books to be put on our shelves that you guys will love and enjoy. So it's really it's necessary, but it is. It's yeah, painful. It's painful. None <laughs> of us enjoy it because we were big book lovers. But it was so cute reading through. They're all they're very short chapters. And it'll just be like, talking about how she's breaking up with the book gray which is 50 shades but from christian's perspective and she's like i don't know why everybody recommends this book to me they all go have you read it it's from christian's perspective (laughs) as if i've never heard of it before (laughs) and she talks about old books she talks about young books one of them she's like oh the goldfinch i love you so much but your, your spine is cracked and no glue is going to fix you. <laughs> and then I think Matilda, she's like, you're missing the entire portion of your book that introduces Trunchbull. And that's an essential part to your narrative. So unfortunately you will be going. But she talks about where she's donating them, why they're leaving, how they don't deserve to be stored on the back of someone's toilet at a party. And it's very sweet. And it's it's a it's a cute look into like how you keep books and why. You keep them, and why it's time to get rid of them. And I, I really enjoyed it. It was nice. It's nice to see a cute spin on a portion of our job that, like, kind of is hurts. <laughs> yes, that is a downer. Certainly
1: mm-hmm. necessary, but um, yeah, necessary but painful.
0: Yeah, yeah. So there's something for everybody in there. I didn't read all of them because not all of them. I haven't read all of the books in there. So uh, right. pick it up read the ones that you've got a connection with and maybe stick around for some of her fun ones, but she has recommendations for read likes in the back. So okay. if you liked this book, try this book, um, and things like that. It's, it's really cute. I liked it. Yeah. Well, very nice. Finish off
1: our library episode with some nonfiction.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, and if you wanted, we've, we did add three to the end. Um, if you want to tell them what they are.
1: Sure. If you, if you want to, um, what what we do is um try to think of if there's other books that we've mentioned before that fit a theme if there's ones that come to mind and there certainly were so Mm -hmm. we have from one of the podcast stars (laughs) writer sarah gailey we've got upright woman wanted which was um a historical one set in the the, is it a future i thought it
0: was like the wild west
1: yeah historical yeah Uh, I guess maybe it's just, it's a historical in the American Southwest of like traveling librarians. Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: We've got Sorcery of Thorns by Margaret Rogerson, which is uh, about evil sorcerers and someone who grew up in a magic library. Um, And then we have the Midnight Library, which is uh, about, sorry, by Matt Haig, which is about uh, a library where each shelf has like a different one of your parallel lives
0: mm-hmm. uh
1: yeah so those I are think, other ones that we've mentioned in the past and i i know there's a couple more as well
0: library of the dead and that's that, one where well, that sounds that right? That sounds about right. Yeah, it's like about this book that you can you can pick up different books at the library, and there's people's lives in them, and you can like chat with them and see them. But there's a, there's a few we're missing a few. We talk about libraries in these we episodes do. all the time. They come up a lot. <laughs> they they do. come up a lot. Hi, Nicole in editing here. Just wanted to clarify that the book I'm actually talking about here isn't. Uh, library of the dead library of the dead is by tl huchu and i'll read you the description real quick uh, we, we have talked about this one before as well. We've talked about so many library books. Uh, when a child goes missing in Edinburgh's darkest streets, young Ropa investigates. She'll need to call on Zimbabwean magic as well as her Scottish pragmatism to hunt down clues. But as shadows lengthen, will the hunter become the hunted? So basically, this young girl Ropa um, drops out of school. She becomes a ghost talker and starts to solve mysteries and, you know, finds an occult library. Very cute. But the one I was thinking of was A Borrowed Man by Gene Wolfe. And like I was saying in the description, it's about a person who goes to a library where they've basically made robots and clones of real people. So this one person named uh, Colette, her father has passed. So she decides that she's going to check out a book, um, which is a clone of a deceased mystery writer in order to find out who killed her father so that he might have some insight into how the killer's, um, uh, operating, I guess. And then the last one that we, we have talked about was The Library at the Edge of the World by Felicity Hayes McCoy. so local librarian Hannah Casey is wondering where it all went wrong, driving her mobile library van through Finn Feren's farms and villages. She tries not to think about the sophisticated London life she left uh, when she left her cheating husband. Or now that she's stuck in her mom's crotchety spare room. Yeah, so it's a very, a, a fan, for fans of Maeve Binchy, very good. Back to it. Yeah, and
1: uh, and I, I'll also um share a link to the um there's a web comic about libraries written by a librarian it's been running a really long time um it's called unshelved i read that one (laughs) yeah and it's very fun and cute so i'll put the link there but you could also find it just just google unshelved comic
0: and you will definitely
1: find it Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. um that being said i'll wrap us up thank you everybody for watching um you can always catch our show notes like laura said we're tbplofftheshelf.com you can head us up via email read this next at tbpl.ca watch our video on YouTube you can find us on any podcast platform just search read this next Um, and we will see you all next week oh I lied we'll see you all in two weeks (laughs) and um, yeah we'll talk to you soon Bye bye bye